Hello and welcome to the Pixie Dust Project Podcast, where magic is as commonplace as Starbucks and being a Disney adult isn't a stigma. We have a very special episode planned for you today. I mean, honestly, what week isn't a very special episode planned for you today in which we are creating our own Epcot festivals. We will also be recapping some Disney news and doing a little update since we skipped last week's episode. But first, if you like the Pixie Dust Project pod, we would so appreciate if you gave us a follow and a rating on your listing platform of choice. It's as easy as tapping those stars. We always recommend five. And if you want to go above and beyond and leave us a review, well, that would be pretty magical of you. So like I said, we did skip last week. We're so grateful to have such a supportive audience. We posted a little update on our Instagram, which is at Pixie Project Pod, if you want to follow us. Uh, but basically, it was like a little mental health update, which we think is really important. Erin and I really like to acknowledge, um, I don't want to say the toll that it takes, but like the effort it takes to be a creator while having a full-time nine-to-five job. Both Erin and I work nine-to-five in PR and marketing. And if any of you work in PR and marketing, you know that November is probably one of the worst months of the year. It's a short month due to Thanksgiving. It's also, um, it feels like a ticking like time bomb at times because once you get into mid-December, there's not a lot you can do for marketing and comms because everyone's like laser focused on the holidays. No one really cares about um, press releases or media calendars or anything like that anymore. Um, a lot of people turn their out of offices on. So November is really, really chaotic. And for me personally, because I was the one that like, since I was the one who asked to not record last week, uh, I just want to be really transparent about how important it is to acknowledge your limits and to take time you need for yourself, give yourself grace. And we, so I appreciate Aaron as my podcast co-host for giving me that space and being so supportive. And we appreciate all of you as our audience for understanding that and for all the lovely comments you left on that Instagram. So thank you. Um, and we hope you like this episode. Uh, with that being said, Aaron, uh, what what would you like to kick us off with for Disney news? Yeah, I think we have a kind of light little section on Disney news. Nothing really to recap that we haven't recapped already. We all know everything that's going on with the holiday decorations being out and Fantasmic coming back, things like that. Nothing really groundbreaking has come out since then, which, you know, I'll take it. Um, but we did kind of just want to recap a couple of things regarding, um, Disney trips that we have Sarah for her upcoming trip. And then me for my trip that I just got back from, I just kind of wanted to do a recap for anyone listening that's interested. Um, I think so for those of you who haven't listened to past episodes, I just recently, um, I am a Disney local, but I just went on a little staycation with my mom and we stayed at the Port Orleans Riverside Resort. And we also did the Eat to the Beat dining package, um, which we had never done before um, to see Hanson at the Food and Wine Festival. So the Port Orleans Riverside Resort was amazing. Um, it was so beautiful. We had the best room. It was right next to the elevator and it was like right next to the bus stop. So could not have asked for a more convenient room. Um, it was pretty standard room on the inside, I would say. Um, nothing groundbreaking, but I really enjoyed it. It was my first time staying at a Disney resort in many years. So definitely enjoyed that. But I did kind of want to talk about the Eat to the Beat wow, I just like glitched there for a second. Eat to the Beat dining package because I knew nothing about it going into this weekend. Um, I just kind of, I literally didn't even know anything like as it was happening. I was asking our waitress all these questions. So um, for those of you that don't know, Disney does a concert series during their food and wine festival every fall called Eat to the Beat. And there's a ton of different artists. Um, I would say the most popular ones that always come are Hanson and Boys to Men. Um, they're there every single year, pretty much during like back-to-back -back weekends too. Um, but those popular acts can draw quite the crowd. Um, literally, you could not move during Epcot after the concert um, with people in line. It was like from the America Pavilion past the Italy Pavilion. It was really crazy. Um, 
So all that to say, if you want to skip the line and not spend your entire park day standing in a line, I highly recommend doing the E to the V dining package. You can book that on your app. Um, there's like select restaurants to choose from the one in Germany, the Coral Reef restaurant, and there's a couple others I can't remember, but we did get the Coral Reef and it was like mediocre at best. It was not that good. Um, our friend Erica Canant joined us, um, me and my mom, and it was just like fine. It is pretty pricey to do the package. Um, it was like $69 per person. And that includes your um, spot in line or your seat at the show, which is free with your price of admission, by the way, if you just do standby um, and your meal, obviously. So we just kind of joked that we paid for our concert ticket and got a free meal. It was just like not that good. Um, Erica and I both got a prime rib and my mom got like some fish. Um, the experience was cool. Like you were in the living with the seas, um, like underwater was pretty cool, but the food was just kind of meh. So all that to say, highly recommend doing the actual eat to the beat because we literally waited in line for maybe, well, we got in line early because I'm annoying, but we were front row and it was, that would not have happened if we hadn't had the dining package. So I was going to say, you guys were front row. Like, so when did you yeah. get in line? Like, how long did you have to wait even with the the package? Yeah. So when you get your package, you are assigned a showtime. So for Hanson, they had a 530, a 645, and an 830 show or an 8 o'clock show. Um, so we got the 645 show and we got in line. I would say we got in line about 530 because we got in line as they were starting their their first show which was great because we could like hear the songs um and kind of get a little sneak preview but we just waited because we didn't really have anything else to do and I really wanted to make sure that we got front row and there was only I think two other parties in front of us in the line so you have a separate line obviously and they get they give you a sticker to wear on your shirt um so that they know that you're to the beat dining package people um and we waited in line until probably we probably waited in line like a little bit less than an hour um, cause they let you in to go get your seat. So yeah, it was really, I really recommend it. Yeah. If there's a band there, I wouldn't recommend it. If you're like, Oh, this person would be cool to see. Like, I don't really know who they are. You know what I mean? If it's someone you're passionate about, definitely recommend securing the bag. Um, I definitely cried. <laughs> like I literally have a video of me on my phone crying. Um, so yeah, it was fine. I'm fine. That's amazing. I'm so I'm so happy for you. I wish I had that sort of connection. I, the, the only band I guess I have that connection with is ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, which is a very old band. Like they're not even together anymore. Now they tour as Jeff Lynn's ELO. Jeff Lynn is one of the band's founders. Like half of them are dead, I think. Anyway, it's one of my favorite bands with my dad. So I surprised my dad several years ago with floor seats. It was like a big deal. They were not cheap um, floor seats to the concert. And we had ourselves, we had ourselves a time. Uh, but it was, I, that's probably the only band I would get that like emotional about. I don't know. Not like there's very few things that get me really emotional in like pop culture, but I've actually had dreams about this where I become famous. And I remember when Ellen used to like love back when out El- before Ellen was like somewhat problematic. Um, like remember when Ellen used to bring like celebrities favorite stuff on the shows? Like we all remember the sloth moment uh, with Kristen Bell and like other things. Uh, my dream was that I'd become famous and I would be on Ellen's show and Ellen would surprise me with the cast of the West Wing, which is my all-time favorite television show. And I would lose it. And in this daydream, I would literally cry. Like I would cry just thinking about it. And let me tell you, the year after I graduated, I don't know if you've ever seen the West Wing. It's, I'll stop talking about this in a minute. It's not a Disney show, obviously, but it is a phenomenal television program. One of the main characters is named Toby. And literally the year after I graduated, my journalism school brought him in as a speaker. And I like raged through my cell phone across the room when I found out about this because it was my one chance to meet, to meet a member of the Westing cast and I missed it. So anyway, so 
one of the signature rants of the Pixie Dust Project podcast, but there you go. Yeah, it's honestly like just a part of our show at this point. It is. I I think it's enjoyable. I mean, I'm the one giving the rant, so (laughs) I would think that. But speaking of some of our favorite rants to go on, if again, if you all follow us on Instagram, we are putting in the effort. We're posting more, you guys. Uh, and Aaron actually posted a series of very funny stories. Oh, actually, before that, before that, let's us let us acknowledge the winner of the Disney draft. This episode. was rigged. It was rigged. Not. It, it was, was rigged. Not Aaron. Sarah conveniently closed the poll when over. she got in the lead. I did not. <laughs> the poll was over. I was going into a two-hour meeting. I didn't want to lose it. Um. Sure. Yeah, just to be clear. Also, just to be clear, my own mother didn't even vote for me, Aaron. So it's not rigged. Um, we can all see who y'all voted for, by the way. We know. Yeah. A I've line in the beef. sand has been drawn. Yeah, I have some beef with some of y'all, like just saying voting also, for some of, you, some of you who voted for Reed, I know you did that just to piss me off. <laughs> I love I how Sarah, Sarah and I literally voted for ourselves. I like scrolled up right when I, we, we like posted the story and I was like, LOL, I love us. Yeah. We've not <laughs> only voted for ourselves from our Disney accounts, but from our personal accounts as well. Correct. I checked that. I made sure to check that. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, let us all acknowledge the winner of the Disney draft episode, which was me. Uh, however, I will say it was super close, you guys, and we appreciate it. Was both. that was like one of our best engagements in a while on our Instagram? It was really close. It was like one, two votes off. Aaron and I were the leaders because, of course, we were. Y'all are at least that loyal. Yeah. Also, I think it's really upsetting that our most liked picture on our Instagram is the one with the boys in it. So, um, yeah, but I'd... we had to know that was coming. Y'all have been up in our DMs, like beg our personal ones and our podcast one begging, especially yeah. Reed. I, I, I blame that on myself. I talk too much about Reed on this podcast. Um, yeah, maybe we'll have yeah. to bring them back on for like, a. maybe we'll do like a little Christmas Palooza episode and we can bring the boys back for that. Yeah, I think we should. I I also have been mulling over. We have not mentioned this, Eric. I'm just going to, I haven't mentioned this, Aaron. Been mulling over a newlywed episode. Like a newlywed game themed episode. Do you know what the newlywed game is? Yeah, we played it on our very first episode. Oh yeah, that's right. We did play it on our very first episode. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of one with like multiple people, not just. That would be fun. Yeah, I think it would be fun. But we'll, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, But Anyway, yeah, so I won. Uh, I think I think Reed came in last. No, maybe Reed came in third. I don't know. I think I, I was last. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were right after no? me. You shot up. No. As it should be. Yes, though, that's what I'm saying. Like, at least y'all are that loyal that Aaron and I were the two leaders. Yeah. The boys came in last. That's all we care about. That's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, so thank you for that. Anyway. Back to the original theme. Of circling back. Point. Circling back. Onto the track. Um, I you, There was also a very fun uh, little poll on Instagram because if you have been following the last few episodes, we've been talking a lot about Disney Dreamlight Valley, our favorite, <laughs> well, my favorite game, a game Aaron tolerates apparently. And you know that I'm obsessed with it. I actually have solved all those scar stuff. So I'm back to just farming. I have no more quests. Uh, Aaron has been trapped in in Remy's uh, kitchen biome for quite some time. Aaron, why share with the people a recap of the quest for corn? Yes. So as you all will recall from the past few episodes, I had a slight difficulty in finding the corn in Remy's kitchen. I'm not sure why I looked at all of the little booths and I never saw the corn. I thought it didn't exist. So then I Googled it and it said you had to grow the corn. And I was like, that's so stupid. You can't even use stuff from, from the outside. So I don't know what that person was on that made that article. Um, so that's just another reminder to check your sources, people, because I did not. And I just trusted something on the internet. Um, but anyway, I found the corn um, just to all that to say, I found the corn. I'm stupid. It was next to the onion. And the minute I walked into Remy's kitchen, 
when I played it last night and I saw it, I was like, I'm literally so embarrassed and so dumb, but that's okay because I don't really play that game that much. So I was like, it's fine. Um, but I have made a lot of progress in Disney Dreamlight Valley. I'm not the whiz, the pro like Sarah, who has beat all of her quests. I'm taking my time with it. Um, I have unlocked two more um, bio. Are they biomes? The ones outside? Yeah, yes? they're I, actually, yeah. No, the they, ones they inside the realms. The one inside our realms. I got that yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones outside are biomes. Correct. So what I have, did you unlock? Um, I unlocked Zaddy Kristoff's forest and I unlocked the Dazzle Beach and met Ursula. Um, it's actually really cool. I've gotten, I've been finding gemstones to do the little, I found the gemstones to do the little cave tunnel thing, planted the crops, whatever. So I'm working through that. Um, building my friendships, you know, networking through my little valley. Um <laughs> I'm networking. I'm a businesswoman. I'm helping Scrooge McDuck advertise. I built him some signs. I'm wearing his t-shirt. So we're just making money moves in Disney Dreamlight Valley. I've got like 10,000 coins <laughs> to Sarah's millions. Million. I have almost 2 million coins. I actually, after this episode, I, because uh, Reed is at like a bowling night of some sort. So I have a free night. Um, I, I think I have a pumpkin harvest ready, so I might crack two milli tonight. Two milli? Two milli. That's nice. I'm um, just a professional I, farmer at this point. I did figure out, so for some reason I didn't check my mailbox until just now. And I have like all of the cool stuff that you get, like when you purchase the game. So I have some cool little sorcerer Mickey ears that I got last night I that I've had in my mailbox my all this time. Those are my favorite ears. This is fun. So see, do you see the appeal now that you've put like a yeah. few hours in, like how it changes things I do. Bit? Yeah, I was telling Peyton last night, I was like, I like this game a thousand times more than I liked it a few weeks ago. I just couldn't get into it at first. It was super glitchy. I think the bug or the the patch update that they did fixed a lot of the glitchy vibes. Because I it was just was, like... It was constantly yeah. crashing. I, you would, I would be like, paranoia saving it but yeah like you unlocked a few good like you unlocked good biomes too um yeah because it's like now I'm like I'm honestly jealous because now everything you unlock like everything you do you're gonna have so many quests but it's like it guarantees that you always have something to do in the game now I like I appreciate that they unlocked one new character. I like really hope that the next update is like a few things because that one new character kept me busy for all of two weeks. And that was, by the way, two weeks where I had zero time to play this game. So I was putting in like 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, like nothing crazy. If I actually had time to sit down and play, I would have done it in like two, three days, if that. So, you know, it's like- I just wish there was like more and I don't know anyway this is but you're in a good spot also a little tip for you for anyone if you want to level up your characters quickly to access new quests just gift that like always take advantage of the daily gifts like their daily preferred gifts but also if you just stand there and give them gems they'll level up pretty fast just give them gems yes. gems and flowers i just Doesn't- learned how um to mine the gems last night i had to google that um because i couldn't i just oh, didn't know and don't so. make the same mistake i did about gems and think oh in order for you to be able to mine them you have to see them peeking out of the rock like i just wouldn't hit the rocks that didn't oh have yeah gems. i didn't do that yeah i hit them all yeah, all of them have gems. And yeah. make sure one of the, the characters you unlock, when you make them like a best friend on level two, you you may have them to have a mining capability. You know how you choose that? Yes. Give one of them a mining um, capability early on because it makes a huge difference. Merlin is my mining guy. Nice. So, yeah, I forgot who I assigned what things to. So I was like, I had to like, there's like a button that tells you so yeah, I had to do the, that. The but. collections button. Um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, stay Fun. tuned, you guys, as Aaron unravels the magical world that is Disney Dreamlight Valley. Um, yes. And I potentially help her. 
Uh, okay. Uh, my little update is that uh, this past weekend was the Wine and Dine Disney Run weekend, which is so exciting. Congrats to everyone. If any of our listeners participated, actually, I know for a fact that a few of our listeners participated. So congrats, you guys. Good work. Uh, always so amazing to see people finish run Disney races. Uh, but selfishly, watching all that unfold on social media got me really excited for Marathon Weekend in January, where I will be participating in my second Dopey Challenge. Uh, but as you all know, if you've ever done a Run Disney Weekend, the first challenge you have to overcome is getting dining reservations for that weekend, which can be tricky. So you guys know me well enough by now. My family is not one that makes a lot of dining reservations. To eat out in Disney is a very special thing for us. It's a treat. Uh, if anything, we just get snacks or like we get like little little foods in Epcot. We don't go to sit down restaurants. So this is a really big deal. Um. We had a little powwow between my dad, my mom, and I. Reed is not, Reed doesn't really care where we eat. Um, between the three of us, and we decided La Salier, uh, that's where we went to celebrate my first Dopey Challenge. We decided that was the number one choice for this year. Unfortunately, we're doing a split stay, which even though it's completely consecutive, I didn't realize that affects how you can do dining reservations. But thank goodness for the lovely cast members at the dining hotline. Because of them, La Salle reservation has been secured for the marathon Sunday. So we will be able to celebrate in style. Um, we're also, I also tacked on one for Rosen crown on Saturday. Cause I've always wanted to eat there and we might just split some fish and chips or something, get a few drinks, but just like soak in the vibes. Uh, but yeah, hope that the force was with you all. Cause I, I'm a part of a couple run Disney Facebook groups. I don't post. I just lurk. And I know that that was like a big thing was that there was a lot of issues with the reservation system. So I hope everyone got what they wanted or they got at the very least their second choices. But yeah. Um, and just a reminder that I will be there for marathon weekend, marathon week. So if you're a listener and you're also running or you're doing dopey, let us know. DM us. Yeah. I would love to, love to keep an eye out for you. That's also Aaron's birthday weekend. It is. I will tragically be turning 26. So if you all want to come mourn my old age, um, I will uh, be there as well. Get me started. <laughs> I swear. I always forget that Aaron and I actually have a, not a significant, but we have an age gap and I am turning 29 next year. So I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> She's going to be checked into a home on her next birthday. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to have like, I think I want to do one of those like morning, my twenties, like those funeral themed birthdays yes. in Disney Incredible. where we all dress in black and wear veils. And I think we should talk to Eric about this. I think it would be hysterical to do like, uh, like a funeral procession type thing in the America pavilion, like they do in new Orleans or like something in like, I'm in dying. like the Mexico pavilion, just like a photo, not a real one, obviously, but like, I think it would be hysterical. Anyway, more that's that content is thing. I love being a year and a half away. I love being the baby of our friend group. Um, it provides me with a lot of joy. Aren't Eric and I the same age, or is Erica like one? No, Erica's older older than you. Yeah, not that much older though, which makes it almost worse. (laughs) Um, because Erica has three beautiful children, and I have Reed. So, who's not even Reed's a beautiful Reed is a beautiful Reed, child. Reed is a beautiful <laughs> child. That that will end it there because that was a, the perfect burn. So, all right. Oh, do you want to talk about these upcoming dates really quick? Sure. We just listed yeah. some upcoming dates in our little show doc that we have. Just in case anyone is curious, obviously the holiday season has kind of started to trickle in at the Walt Disney World parks, but November 11th is the official start of the holiday season. So today, when you are listening to this episode, happy, very Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, it truly is the most wonderful time of the year. Um, November 13th, Blizzard Beach Water Park reopens just in time for all of the cold weather in Florida to start. And then, yeah, or, you know, the next hurricane. Um, November 25th, Candlelight Processional begins select nights at Epcot. And then January 13th, the week after Sarah leaves um, from her trip, the Festival Festival of the Arts. So mad about this. You have no idea. I just make it during the marathon. Isn't that... (laughs) 
Like, would it make that big of a difference? Like, I have always wanted to go to farts. My mom, that is Lisa's number one festival. It's the only one she hasn't been to. Want to go to farts. I just think you guys just need to make another trip. That's what I'm hearing is that that's an excuse to make another trip. It's such a festival. It's only a month. That's fine. Then you'll literally have gone like three months in a row. It'll be amazing. Well, what's annoying is that it ends right before Princess. So, like, even if I want, so, like, theoretically, let's say Lisa was up for trips that close together, um, the excuse would be to do the princess run. My mom and I have always wanted to do the princess uh, run weekend together for a little girls weekend. Um, And it ends, it ends literally the week before that, which I don't get. Again, if you don't want to have it during the marathon, fine. I get that. It is a very congested time. At least extend it through princess. Or hear me out, you guys could stay <laughs> long enough to do both. Two week, two weeks at the beginning. Two of week January. trip. I think you guys deserve it. You work so hard. I'll just I'll just show up at Aaron's doorstep like the first That's weekend fine. in February for 24 hours. I'll fly in just to go to parts. Honestly, I would not put that past lights are cheap right now i like (laughs) i i'm investing in a travel backpack read convince me one of these like maximum personal item size that you could like put like packing cubes in that is what i'm challenging myself to pack in for this upcoming trip so i'll I'll give you guys an update on that yeah it's gonna aaron knows my packing it's gonna be it's gonna be yeah i um i'm packing this is my last rant and then we can get on with the episode but um as you guys are listening to this i will be hopefully hurricane freaking pending i will be in massachusetts um for my one year wedding anniversary trip which is also terrifying that a year has already gone by um where was i going with that oh packing um (laughs) yeah i have a full suitcase a full carry-on suitcase and a full backpack and i really don't know what i'm gonna do because i really need to like pare it down but yeah, I'm over. I'm an overpacker and it's it's just a lot. I yeah, well I guess like so as someone who lived um lived where Aaron is going for like 3 years. Um I don't know. Is there a lot of suit cuz I guess if you if you don't need room for souvenirs then I guess I No, say, that's true. Well, it's it the up. coats. The high the whole weekend, the high the the highest temperature it's going to be is 50 degrees and that's cold to us. Um I wore so shorts I have like in 50 degree weather the other day. Cannot I'm relate. Kidding. I'm like looking at my suitcase and I'm like, did I pack enough warm clothes? Um, so yeah, I have like, well, I have two coats. I have a jacket, long sleeve, socks, all of the whole nine yards. Excellent. So, um, yeah, I I'm happy that in Ohio. It's been in like the mid to high 60s, low 70s, which in November is unacceptable. Like the, I'm wearing shorts right now. That's unacceptable to me. Um, to Next week, apparently it craters starting Saturday. It goes oh, no. from like, yeah, I have the weather app open. Um, It literally goes, I'm not kidding. When I say craters, it goes from, I have my, I'm on a work trip next week. So I have that open. It goes from highs of 59, like the 59-68 area, our high tomorrow is 68 degrees, to highs of 42 and 40. Like it craters and I cannot express to you how happy I am. I get a nice cozy weekend. Um, I'm flying to California for work next week, um, but San Jose, so it actually should still be cold there. But um. I need it to be cold. I, I've had to wear shorts out the past two weekends in a row and I can't do it anymore. I can't. I want to wear a sweater. Yeah, uh, same. Yeah. Well, you live in Florida, so that's a different problem. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like when the song says the weather outside is frightful for her, for Florida, it's hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For Ohio, it honestly could be anything it's not a this is not a stable weather environment (laughs) that's for sure I'm hopeful I'm hopeful though once it gets cold it stays cold um because I I kind of want to decorate the house this week I don't know I have a lot of stuff coming up 
you guys i'm about to be very tired literally right until christmas so all right shall we kick this off thank you we shall so um oh nope you go ahead (laughs) all right so first of all again we're really plugging the instagram this week and there's a reason for that uh one is that we are actively trying to be more active on there but the other is every once in a while we'll put we'll say on the podcast if you have ideas or if there's a topic you want us to hit a question you want answered let us know and we make that offer on almost every single episode and today this episode actually comes from a listener it comes from hey it's Vic on instagram who sent us this amazing idea as well as a super kind message and like you guys those messages mean the world to us it's what gets us through like sometimes we feel like we're kind of just shouting into the abyss with this Mm -hmm. podcast and like we we love getting messages like that but also we want you to know that we read every single one of those messages and like we are more than happy to take on some of these ideas and we love giving you guys credit for it so thank you thank you hey it's Vic on Instagram we're really excited to dig into your idea, which was if you could create an Epcot festival, what would it be? Uh, Aaron and I were supposed to come to this episode with two different ideas. Aaron, what happened? You all probably are so shocked by this, but Sarah and I actually had the same idea for once in our lives. What? <laughs> Just kidding. No, Isn't I, that crazy? I literally, we like, so we do a little prep right before we get on like before we hit record and Aaron I look at Aaron's notes in the doc and I start putting in mine and we kind of look at each other and go these seem (laughs) similar so I was like all right well what's your idea and she says it and I was like yep that's exactly where I was going with it too but you know what guys that's good news for you and I'll tell you why because instead of getting two just high level thoughts instead you're getting essentially a fully flushed out festival idea yeah the whole shebang the whole thing well mostly the whole thing so just to give like very quickly our idea and I'll give like my two cents Erin you give hers our idea was basically a world like cultural renaissance fair festival like taking every major cultural festival that each country represented in the world showcase is known for and having that represented in their in their um country and i think sometimes this happens with new years i know new years they try to like theme each country to be like big celebrations in that country but this would actually really like look at the cultural history and go you would learn something you'd step into each country and and like as a child who was homeschooled and actually learned a lot from international cast members every Disney trip we took about like history and culture I would have loved something like this yeah I agree and I think I think it's really good for not only the educational educational factor but just like a big celebration I feel like Epcot like I don't know. Epcot doesn't really have that many like celebratory vibes. Like you have your food and wine festival, flower and garden, whatever. But I feel like that's all about like eating and I drinking, eating and that drinking. Is- and this, this also will be because I feel like culture is a big part or food is a big part of culture. But I think just learning about, you know, what these countries hold dear and the traditions that date back hundreds and thousands of years, I think it's pretty cool. And I'm excited. I also have like another little mini festival idea that I put um down at the bottom but um we can kind of loop it in because I think it ties in with the overarching idea so TBD stay tuned amazing do you want to so what we're going to do for you guys is Aaron and I have each picked three countries that we're going to give a little overview of like what that festival would look like within that country and some of the things that we think could be done to decorate food drinks maybe activities or entertainment um yeah this is pretty off the cuff because <laughs> we were not expecting to have yeah. the same idea so we did a little we had research. to do some quick quick yeah. facts um quick, uh brainstorm before we recorded so yeah so Aaron is gonna kick us off uh which country yes. are you gonna start with 
I am starting with Mexico because for those of you that don't know, my husband is half Mexican. His um, dad's side of the family is all Mexican. So it's a culture that I am learning a lot about and hold near and dear to my heart. Um, but obviously the big um, the big festival or celebration in Mexico um, or one of them is the Dia del Muertos. So the Day of the Dead, um, lots of music and, you know, honoring those who have gone before us um, with the ofrendas and things like that. So my vision for this, obviously, uh, I love a parade. I think that parades should come back to Epcot um, wholeheartedly. So I'm pretty sure that every single one of my uh, ideas has the parade involved. So just bear with me. Um, but parade, the parade is a big part of Dia de los Muertos. Um, so obviously there would have to be a parade, lots of colorful flowers, um, decorate, like decorating the whole pavilion inside and outside. Um, the sugar skulls are also like a big part of the celebration. So those will be around for decorations and things like that. I also think it would be cool. Like, I don't know if you remember Kid Cot, where it was like you could color stuff around Epcot. The masks, like the yes. Kid Cot masks. They still have Kid Cot. It, Kid Cot. It's just like stickers now. I don't know. Yeah. I love that you, I did a whole rant on a different episode about those masks. Love them. Well, well we're not going to do masks at our Dio de los, Dia de los Muertos celebration, but we're going to do sugar skull painting. Logistically, I'm not sure how realistic that would be it would probably be a huge pain but i think the idea of it would be cool maybe we could do like a paper sugar skull where you could just like you know what logistics are not our problem that's a different department they can figure that out this is just the creative department okay budget and logistics can figure that out um so we're going to decorate sugar skulls and there's going to be a parade and there's going to be mariachi band walking around everywhere playing amazing music And it's just going to be a grand old time. And so I'm just envisioning lots, like I said, lots of flowers everywhere. Um, People dancing around in the, you know, traditional outfits that they wear. I just think it would be super fun and super cool. I love that. I think the three Caballeros should be heavily involved as well. Actually, or like all the characters from Coco. Like for No, 100%. Like Like a a special meet and greet. Yeah. Yes, like a Coco, yeah, Coco everything, Coco parade float. I'm just like here for it. How cool would it be if like the outside of the Mexico Pavilion was considered the human world? And then, you know, like the ramp that goes that I yes. showed you, if they like covered that in like the golden, um, was it, is it marigolds? I forget the flower, but remember that's the bridge mm-hmm. that the dead, that, that the dead crossed to enter the land of the living. And when so you go cute. inside the pyramid, they put up lights and stuff. So it looks like kind of the trippy, like I love land that. of the dead. I, I, lo- I also love And Disneyland, though. Disneyland got Ernesto de la Cruz for oh. Oogie Boogie Bash. So we know that he exists know out there. Possible. We know it's possible. I would love to have him meandering around inside or just like for a meet and greet. I think that would be cool. And then, of course, there would be the food, um, tamales, mole, all of that delicious stuff. So, I love yeah, it. that's it would be really cool number- if they like set up a family, like if they actually set up the altar from Coco and you could learn about mm-hmm. like the importance. Of- See, I'm like big on the learning side because you got to make learning fun. They actually I- already have that inside. Um, oh, yeah, they do have that. Yeah. So they could just like expand on that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh. Okay. So my first one is probably zero surprise to any regular listeners of this podcast i am doing the germany pavilion i'm a proud (laughs) woman of german heritage and obviously germany's number one cultural and cultural export is oktoberfest so the the pavilion is already like pretty well set up for Oktoberfest. Like I think the pavilion is actually cr- intended to be designed to like be in the midst of an Oktoberfest celebration. I know for sure beer garden, the restaurant, the sit down restaurant is meant to be in the middle of a, of an Oktoberfest. All it's it's like the whole thing is Oktoberfest all year round. So they have dancing, they have all the waitresses wear traditional like drindel, all the all the male waiters and uh performers wear later hosen. Um it's very traditional 
uh, Oktoberfest. I want to take those vibes. Like, obviously, the restaurant would stay the same. I'm not suggesting to change it. But I'm saying, like, take all those vibes from inside and pull them outside of the pavilion. So what does that look like? Well, more decorations, I think, like more banners and stuff in the pavilion. Uh, I think it means that we have like some of the yodelers and some of the like uh, polka music uh, playing live throughout the day. And like there's room where you can set up where people can like learn polka dances. Ironically, and this is going to make a lot of people laugh. The chicken dance is actually a big October fest festival tradition. It's like, I think it's like the past two decades it's been a thing don't ask me the origin of that I have no idea but I do know like Ohio has a huge German population so I went to a few Oktoberfest last fall or this fall it is every single one has a chicken dance I will tell you that also every German wedding I've been to has had a chicken dance yes I we had dinner there's a um German restaurant in downtown Sanford which is north of Orlando um there's a german restaurant it's very popular actually it's very 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 good um but we went there and they're having their oktoberfest right now because it got pushed back due to hurricane ian um but they played the chicken dance and i didn't know that that was a thing i was like oh they must like how random they're playing the chicken dance but that's so interesting it's it's a thing so of course that would that would happen great for the kids and then I'm trying to, oh, so actually I know exactly where this would be. You know the area where they normally have, like, the Bavaria and, like, German food boosts? Like, that little, Mm -hmm. like, like they have, like, a little Little hut there for, yeah, Mm -hmm. music. That's where the dancing and stuff would take place. But also I'd set up a a few extra booths in that area because a big tradition in Oktoberfest is also fairs. So, like, they would have, like, street performers. They would have little food stalls, souvenir stands, games of chance. So, it would, like, be set up, like, a miniature one of those. Food-wise, honestly, like, it's probably not going to be that different from yeah. a lot of the other food. Like, you're going to have pretzels. I really like um, – I really like – I've been eating this actually at a few different beer halls we have here in Ohio. I love spatzel, which is, like, a – very it's like it looks like pasta but it's a small dumpling um and i like they've been making mac and cheese out of it so it's like puree cheese it's oh it's so good so i would love to see that i'd love to see um schnitzel which is usually like pounded like chicken or veal um but you can bake it out of various things and it's deep fried like even miniature that so it's basically Mm. german chicken tenders and mac and cheese but like a million times better um and sauerkraut balls. I'd love if sauerkraut balls were on the menu. That's another very traditional thing. So yeah, honestly, I feel like budget and planning would be okay with this one because it's not <laughs> going to take a whole lot of extra on their part to make this happen. I have one really annoying addition for your Oktoberfest. Yeah. And this will this will come as no surprise to you or anyone listening. But I think there should be a wiener race. And Sarah's rolling her eyes. I... This the logistics department might have to take this one up with me, but I just think that that is a very important part. Um, it might not be in actual Germany, but it is in my heart. And Moose would love his first trip to Epcot to happen. So, all right, the wiener dogs have to be in later Hosen. That's fine. That's He's willing role. to make the sacrifice. Moose Excellent. would look very dashing in some later Hosen. He actually would look so good in doggy, <laughs> doggy later Hosen. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. I'm in on the, um, with that compromise, I'm in. So okay. yeah, that's Germany. Uh, what is the next country on your list, Erin? So the next one on my list is going to be China. And I guess I'm going in order, um, like location wise, but um yeah china for the chinese new year which is super super cool to me um i think it would be really fun to have like as part of the festival um i think it would be cool to have their own fireworks show that was one of the big things that i um had put in here obviously i know we keep mentioning logistics logistics and planning will not like this but i think it's kind of necessary it's part of it um so there will be a lot of that happening So in addition to the firecrackers, there would also be a lot of kites and a lot of uh, lanterns happening. Um, And then, of course, for the food, 
there would be dumplings, spring rolls. I know sweet rice balls are a big part of the Chinese New Year fish. Um, and then, of course, Sarah and I were just talking about this. The moon cakes um, is another big thing. So lots of emphasis on the food for the Chinese New Year. There's a lot of traditional foods that all represent different things um, that bring like luck, wealth, prosperity, all of that. So I think that would be really cool for the educational factor too, like on the menu to have those traditional dishes and then what they represent. I think that would be a really great learning opportunity. And then I know the red envelopes are a big thing too during the Chinese New Year. So I think it would be cool to have like, obviously you can purchase those or whatever um, in the shop and around, but I think it would be cool to have like some treats themed after that as well maybe a cocktail or a cupcake or something, but that's my China one. Very brief, but I think it's kind of straightforward. Like <laughs> I've, I've always wanted to celebrate Chinese New Year in China, so I absolutely love it. I think that's so cool. Uh, all right, up next, Aaron is going towards the center of the countries I'm realizing I'm like starting in the center <laughs> like expanding outward um okay so up next is actually something I celebrate here at home and that is Bastille Day uh which is in France I if y'all didn't know I adore French culture I was like one of those really annoying honestly not even teenagers I started young I was a Francophile at a young age um that was like obsessed with France like constantly talked about it constantly like everything had to be France the language I learned in middle school was France was French um I did finally get to go to Paris so yes the answer is yes I have been there but um yeah Bastille Day so Bastille Day is France's biggest national event of the year it's basically their fourth of July like, that's the equivalent of, like, when you think about, like, huge national celebrations. Um, it's also celebrated on the 14th of July, which, you know, so it's around that time. Um, and it's the annual celebration that commemorates the storming of Bastille Prison in 1789, which was the first major event of the French Revolution. I also really love reading about that time. I read a lot of, like, real, like, histor historical stuff and historical fiction that takes place. One of my favorite books takes place in that time. So the um the french are very proud of their history uh and then they are passionate about i'm reading this off the thing liberty equality and fraternity uh so there's a lot of bastille day traditions that happen in paris there is a huge military parade there is the fireman's ball um and then there is the bastille day fireworks uh there's a fountain show at versailles there's great food there's uh the colors of the french flag are red white and blue uh so there's red white and blue everywhere just done in a little chicer way i think than some of our fourth of july traditions uh just to be clear last fourth of july reed wore uh red swim trunks that had the american flag done in blue solo cups and white ping pong balls so just imagine a chicer celebration of their national colors in France uh so anyway uh <laughs> logistics and planning ain't gonna like this one uh there is something that they do at Bastille Day where they have planes like jets that release uh I want to say it's not foam I don't know why I almost said foam it's not chalk it's like color you know those like those it's smoke it's smoke thank you uh they release smoke that looks like the french flag i want that i don't necessarily have to have fireworks but i want the smoke like behind the fake eiffel tower i want that i also want because i don't know why it doesn't do this i want the imagineers to rig the france eiffel tower to sparkle at night like it does Agreed. In in real Paris I don't know why I want that all year round I don't know why that's not a thing oh my gosh it's literally I, the most beautiful thing ever I feel like they could do that like I know I'm not an Imagineer and I know that like we say us as Disney fans are like oh why don't they do that and it's probably much more complicated <laughs> than I'm thinking but also I don't think it would be because I feel like you could you do that to your house at Christmas they did the whole Epcot ball in like oh good point hello Good the boy. eiffel tower is like minuscule so yeah. so yeah so that that for sure and 
the inaugural year of this festival is the year they'll unveil that and like that'll be a forever thing so that's my gift to all of you Um, great PR moment thank you there will also be a parade I want like a little parade situation. Um, it doesn't have to be like military, but there there will be horses in it, I feel like. Um, don't worry, the horses will have another use for my next country's festival. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, also, let's have the fountains that are in front of the France Pavilion put on a little show. I can't imagine that's yeah. difficult either. So, okay, so we've done that. I also think that everyone would get special costumes. All the cast members would get special costumes in this pavilion for the day. Very festive. Um, Maybe like some would have like big skirts, like a touch of like the Marie Antoinette about it. I don't know. I'd have to like sketch some things, but we would have like very festive outfits. Um, I think there would be special merch. I would love some special merch for this event. I feel like the France Pavilion merch has been lacking. I didn't talk about merch in Germany because they already have Oktoberfest merch in Germany. The France Yeah. Yeah, the France Pavilion has been lacking. It's far too it's far too heavy on Aristocats and Ratatouille. And not even heavy. that. I feel like it hasn't even been that recently. It's just been like generic Minnie Mouse in front of the Eiffel Tower like Also true. Also true. What is this? They also started selling Louis Vuitton. Like you can get like random. Yeah, you can get random Louis Vuitton bags and like Chanel bags. Can I use my pass holder discount? I don't think you can use your pass. They also (laughs) aren't eligible for return. You're better off. Let me say you're better off if you want a Louis Vuitton bag to not buy it at the World Showcase in Epcot. I feel like that should go without saying. Um, So, yeah, that's. So food wise, I think we should, I honestly would love it if they brought back like some of the food and wine festival favorites that were more traditional offerings that they haven't had in a while. So I'm talking traditional escargot. They used to have it where it was true traditional escargot. like a special little plastic container that had little holes for all the snails. There you go. So we'd have something like that. I think like a nice crusty like croissant breakfast sandwich. I would not turn that away. I think we would have special colored and flavored macaron, like a little macaron tray in the colors of the French flag. Some specialty cocktails. Yeah, right. Some specialty cocktails. And we would have obviously creme brulee. Um, but yeah, I would I also, I don't know, there's a lot of really, really traditional French, like I'm there was like an onion um tart that they did one year that was just delicious uh and something with duck there would have to be something with duck duck isn't nearly as appreciated as it used to be at these festivals and yeah that's Bastille Day Uh, overall I think it would be quite fun I like so here's the other thing about the overarching this is a great opportunity for people like Aaron and I that love taking pictures in Epcot to really dress up. Like think of it as a little bit, yeah. it's not so scary Halloween party. Like you would be allowed to come into Epcot in the traditional costume of like the country that you wanted to celebrate respectfully in. So for example, I'm just saying I'm either coming in a drindle skirt for Oktoberfest and then the next day I'm coming in full Bastille Bastille Day gear I love it yeah yeah so I love that that sounds amazing now I want French food now I want a croissant the croissants Sarah made homemade croissants (sighs) over the weekend and they looked so good that was uh, let me tell you Bring some to Florida when you come. I don't know if I'm ever making them again. I'll be honest. First of all, just get them at Costco and tell me that you made them. (laughs) Also, you guys, it takes two days to make croissants and they are stale within like hours of making them. Oh no. Like it lit. Well, no, no, they still taste fine. Like I'm still eating them. Don't be silly, but they, they don't, they're not the same as like within literally on the recipe. It was like croissants are best served one to two hours after making them. And it is like, it is so intense making them like it you literally like if I wanted to serve these like for a brunch or like a breakfast I would have to be up at five Jeez, it's it's not great like it's an intense process so just keep that in mind before you need a whole weekend to dedicate to it yeah maybe you guys are better off just going to Sam's Club or something Yeah, yeah there you go 
All right. So my final country is going to be the United States of America. But before I get into that, I did have a separate festival idea, but it wasn't big enough to make into like its own festival. So like, I feel like this would be good to implement into our overarching festival kind of just to hold the place of like the Emile's fromage montage or perhaps the cookie stroll or walk or whatever the heck it's called. Um, I think it would be cool to have like you get a little board game at the front and it's like a little take on Candyland. So you get a traditional candy in each country. So like whatever they're like famous for or like their traditional candies are in the the country. And so you have to complete this board game. And then at the end you get a prize. I don't haven't thought about what the prize is. Maybe it's a little it's a little candy jar. We'll say that you get a little candy jar at the I end. I that. So I don't know. I thought that would be fun because my husband is obsessed with Mexican candy that's got tamarind in it, um, which is actually really, really good. I've grown to love it myself. Um, so I was thinking, I was like, man, that would be cool to have throughout each country. Like, what are their little candies? Um, so, yeah, that was my little sidebar for the festival. But for Mardi Gras, um, obviously the parade the parade is the main event uh but you know it is what it is so we'd have our parade we would have beads we would have all of the festive things that go with the parade um and we would have music I feel like jazz music is a huge part of New Orleans and so I would love to see a lot of that happening at the America Pavilion obviously they have that amphitheater so I think they could take a lot of advantage of showcasing talent from Mardi Gras and like, you know, jazz artists, things like that. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there and they could do, you know, we could even kind of loop in the other countries and have like, you know, an eat to the beat concert series, but for this festival, bringing in artists from every country. Um, I think that could be pretty fun too, because as we know, in addition to food, music is a huge part of culture. Um, so now that I've gone on that side rant back to Mardi Gras, but um, obviously a lot of the traditional foods for the Mardi Gras festival. I know the king cake is a big deal where you have to find the little baby inside of the cake, which I just learned about that recently. I've never been to New Orleans. I've never celebrated Mardi Gras or anything, but um, I think that's pretty cool. Red beans and rice, jambalaya, seafood beignets all of that fun stuff um at the booths I just I think Mardi Gras would be super cool we also toyed with the idea of doing fourth of July for the United States um obviously that could go with like cookout food and fireworks and all of that fun stuff so there's a couple of different ideas but I think Mardi Gras would be super cool um bring a little differentiation into the pavilion um could do a lot of decorations the red uh the the green and the purple and the gold. Yeah, good. It'll be different um, from Bastille Day. Stay away from my yeah, <laughs> There you go. So yeah, Mardi Gras, I think it would be super cool. I think the music would be like the biggest part to me. Oh, yeah. And then like as far as merch goes, obviously beads. Tiana. Um Tiana, very, yeah, very this would be her time to shine. Um yeah, I think this that would is be also super fun. I feel like I feel like where we finally would get a taste of New Orleans Square in Disneyland. We get a yes. taste of that here in Epcot. Yes, I would love some of that. And I, I, I'm I, thinking back to of like our stay at Port Orleans Riverside, um, kind of like honing in on some of the theming there too would be pretty cool. Also, side note on that resort that just popped into my brain, the lobby smells phenomenal and yeah. I'm going to order a candle off of Etsy because I we went in after Epcot and I was like I need this in every room of my house uh yeah I stayed there once uh too and it was really it was good um all right I love that I love the idea of going with Mardi Gras over fourth of July um all right my last one all right you guys I actually was really torn between two uh I thought it would be really funny to do Canadian Thanksgiving 
<laughs> because obviously we aren't doing Thanksgiving for the U U.S. pavilions. I thought it would be hysterical that because Canada also has one Canadian Thanksgiving. But I ended up going with my other choice, which is the U.K. Now, there's a couple things to choose from in the U.K. And if we have any British listeners, let us know what you think. Um, so obviously one of the biggest days of celebration in the U.K. is the Queen's Jubilee. Uh and trooping of the color is part of that. And trooping of the color has been done for 250 years. So, like, I don't think that's going to stop anytime because the queen has very sadly passed on. Uh, but I don't think the queen's jubilee will remain the same because I was going to say we have a king now. I am sadly not British. I wish I was. Uh, they have a king now. So this is a little up in the air. Um the other thing I thought of was Guy Fox, Guy Fox Night, uh, also known as Bonfire Night, which celebrates the thwarted attempt of a bombing on Parliament. Also, if you've ever seen the movie V for Vendetta, which my mother and father both have some weird obsession with. They watched it, I think, one time. It's a long movie. I slept through most of it, but they loved it. Um, remember, remember the 5th of November, uh, which just happened. But there are some traditions involved in that, too. So let's smush them. We're going to smush them together, which if we do have British listeners. I don't think they're going to like that very much. But we're going to smush them together, uh, mostly because... Uh, Trooping of the Color is just very similar to Bastille Day. Like, it's just big on, like, national pride. There's a big military parade. I think most people in the U.S. know it because, like, all of the royal family stands on various balconies and, like, their outfits are picked apart. That was the day that, like, everyone thought Harry, like, yelled at Meghan Markle for stepping out of place. It's a whole thing. So we will, I think, have – I would like to have – um. The uh, military, uh, like, bobbies, I think they're called. The dress uniforms that guard Buckingham Palace with the big fuzzy hats. I'd like to have a couple of them out and about. Like, back in the garden area. Maybe, like, they come out and do a little show. Like, they troop a little bit. And we could have the horses from Bastille Day come over for that, too. Um, and then I think we could have some like traditional British food. Like they already serve fish and chips, like maybe mini um, shepherd's pie, bangers and mash. Um, I want, you can currently get these in Rose and Crown, but I would love to have them more readily accessible. A scotch egg. If you've never had a scotch egg, it is a soft boiled egg covered with uh, ground sausage and then breaded and deep fried. It sounds interesting i've actually had this in london and it is so good it's so good uh but yeah i have like scones available in the morning maybe um i know for food and wine they used to do this they had like a tea it was free nothing is ever free in disney anymore but they had like a tea tasting that you could sign up for twinings did it so you learned about tea and all of that i think that would be amazing to bring back just like a little history of like the British and their love of tea. Um, but yeah, uh, the Guy Fox part comes in at night. If there was a way to safely build a bonfire in the UK pavilion, I don't think there is, if I'm being honest. But if there was a way to do it, I want that. I think it would be fun to have like live music in the back, like where they already do have live music, but have like you know, whatever music is played for that, like have that because it is like a huge bonfire thing. Also, a big thing is like candied apples and like apple flavor things. I learned this from Great British Bake Off. Um, Steven, I think, did a Guy Fox cake that was apple. Uh, so we would have all sorts of like apple desserts, uh, an array of like maybe like a cider flight, uh, and then some like maybe some like caramel candies and stuff. And then you would have like people like you could take picture with the V for Vendetta mask. Although I don't love that idea because now that mask has become synonymous with the group Anonymous, which is very un-Disney like. But um yeah. It's not super fleshed out, I'll be honest. But I mostly just want to eat like traditional food, like steak and kidney pie, like mash, like gravy. Um and I love I'd love like there to be just more of the British culture showcased i love that yeah oh and like again more decorations flags little banners like i want 
for this festival, the whole idea is that you enter every pavilion and it's a party. Yes. And the, the whole theme overwhelmingly is like a celebrate, like we are united by our culture. Like it was so cool reading through like doing research and seeing that like each of these countries has a huge celebration they have a big thing that they celebrate every year and like we are united in that and that every country does that and that's the broader part of the theme but then every country like gets something special so if you're from that country you can walk in to your pavilion and feel immersed in it and it's not just a booth with food it's like a whole encompassing thing uh so yeah I love that I think this is a really fun episode I would have 100 I think this would be their most popular festival I agree like it would take the reins um we have some kinks to work out obviously you know with like the 12 different fireworks shows and parades happening at one time and but you know horses and military guards (laughs) yeah you know it's fine that's not for us to figure out no we're just the idea men not in our job description you know but yeah so that's i mean that's the episode you guys uh again thank you so much to vic for the idea please send us your thoughts your feelings like send like talk to us on dms we're always here um and yeah stay we're recording this just like so you guys know on a tuesday night so we know that there is likely you know a tropical storm if it turns into a hurricane coming towards florida yet again which is absolutely wild to me it's like only been like a month since in so obviously our thoughts are with everyone in florida right now please stay safe uh you know hope that you're getting prepared and all our thoughts and prayers are with you i mean aaron is a floridian so all my thoughts and prayers are with all of you (laughs) including her Yes, we um, it's just really sad, especially for those that are still, you know, recovering from Ian and things like that. So just be on the lookout for resources. Um, You know, if you feel so inclined to to do something to help, obviously, we'll update those resources in our bio as they become available. But yeah, just something to think about, Um, you know, keep everyone in your thoughts and Stay safe out there and we love you guys and we will talk to you on our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.